there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's edition, we tackle the reactions, fallout, and cultural implications of the sudden and terrifying collapse of Damar Hamlin. Tackle might have been a bad choice of words. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your Bill's superfan today as we appropriate some culture. So as many of you are probably aware, Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin, after what looked like a routine tackle, suffered a cardiac arrest and collapsed on the field. Medical staff performed CPR for several long minutes before taking him to the hospital, which led to an outpouring of spirituality in the public square. Open prayers, glory to God given, even people wrestling with the need for faith. Just an inexplicable, terrifying event. And it made me in the moment, I gotta say, bro, Two of the closest people in the world to me, my wife and you, my partner for years, are deeply religious people, and I, I'm not. And it made me a little envious in that moment and since then that I didn't have like that foundation of there's, there's a, I don't want to say a greater purpose or a higher power or something, because I feel like at times like this, when there's an inexplicable tragedy, you're almost flailing about, like, why, well, why did it happen to this kid in this moment? And then you learn he's such a good kid. And so I don't know if any of that made sense to the audience. I hope it did. Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace, if we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Finally, and, and just as important as anything, is glory to God for, um, for his keeping Damar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. And when DeMar Hamlin awoke and news spread that he was on the mend, there was a chorus of cheers proclaiming that prayer works. And that spiritual fervor continued when the opening offensive play from the Bills in their next game went like this. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. 
Truly, the Bills are the anointed team of the Lord. Or as Josh Allen put it, Bone chilling, like, it was, it, was, it was special. I can't remember a play that touched me like that, I don't think, in my life. I was going around my team and saying, God's real. Like, you can't, you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. Okay, Josh, you know I love you. But if you want to demonstrate that God is real, I might go with the cosmological argument, or the teleological argument, the ontological argument, or the argument from objective morality as maybe slightly more convincing than the Naheem Hines fun with numbers argument. Yes, it has been three years and three months since a kickoff return for a touchdown. Or another way of putting that is, 39 months. But Josh also threw three touchdown passes, and the defense in that game had three takeaways. The game was played in the year 2023. The final score was 23 to 35, and the temperature at Orchard Park was 55 degrees. Josh Allen threw for 254 yards. The team rushed for a total of 90 yards. And when you put all those numbers together, it means, well, Nothing. If you're just looking for threes, you can find them. Every time there's a field goal, an angel gets its wings. If you had lost the game, you would have been the three seed. Would that have proven that God is real? No. All it would have meant is that the Patriots would have won and would have been in the playoffs and that God has forsaken me. But it wouldn't say anything about his existence. And people are pointing to the recovery of Hamlin as evidence of prayer working. Now look, I think prayer is powerful because God is powerful, and I think it is wholly fitting and appropriate to offer your prayers for Damar Hamlin. I certainly did. And I think it's even more fitting and appropriate to offer your prayers of thanks to God for Damar's healing. But to say that anything works, you need to first know what its function is. And the purpose of prayer, the function of prayer, is not to get what you want. God's not a genie, and he's not beholden to whatever you ask of him. We have several instances in scripture of people praying for things and not receiving. Moses prays to enter the promised land. He doesn't get to go. David prays that God would spare his son's life. He doesn't. Paul prays multiple times that a thorn be removed from his flesh. It isn't. Jesus prays that the cup may pass from him. It doesn't. We see several instances of people praying for something and not receiving it. Because the purpose of prayer is not to get what you want. That's not its function. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. It is the means by which we commune with God to be in alignment with his will and a process by which the Spirit sanctifies us to be more like Jesus. That's why we pray. That's the function. That's the purpose of prayer. Which is why prayers of petition are only one form of prayer. In reducing prayer to a means of simply twisting God's arm and cajoling God's to get him to meet your requirements or requests can be a really dangerous thing. And you don't even need to look outside of Buffalo to see that. A few weeks back, a huge snowstorm swept through Buffalo and around 40 people died. I guess they didn't pray. You know, I, I get irked by bad theology and poor arguments in favor of God. And a vague spirituality steeped in superstition bordering on paganism can be just as deadly as militant atheism. However, the Apostle Paul says this, 
It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that, in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is being preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. If God can use the gospel being preached with evil motives, he can certainly use a kickoff return. If Josh Allen finds Jesus because he's moved by the number three, well, our God is a triune God, and I'm all for it, and will continue to rejoice. And speaking more broadly, sports, and especially football, is the last bastion of public faith expression in our culture. So even if it's imperfect and clunky and even theologically silly, I think it's still good and better than not having that. I think it's good Josh Allen is awakening to the reality of God. I think it's good Nick Wright is wrestling and lamenting with his lack of religion. I think it's good that Damar Hamlin and Coach McDermott get to share their faith in Jesus in the locker room. I think it's good to see open prayer on television. I think our culture is bettered by seeing grown men kneel before God in prayer and supplication to him. Because as we've always said and have continuously argued on this program, culture has an impact. In this one sphere of our culture, where there's positive portrayals of religion, where there's openness of faith and affirmation of prayer, even if imperfectly done, I think makes people more receptive, not less receptive to the gospel. And that's a good thing. And we need more areas of the culture to be like that. Which is why, here at ATC, we're not just commentating on the culture, but we're looking to impact the culture. We are actually gearing up to shoot our first inaugural feature film from March 6th to March 16th, but we need some help and have some key production roles to fill. First, we need an assistant director. The AD oversees production heads and serves as a point of contact between the director and the rest of a production's cast and crew. It's a logistical rather than creative position, but you need to be highly organized and available for production and pre-production. We also need a script supervisor. The supervisor is in charge of ensuring that no continuity problems occur. The script supervisor records information about each action into a daily editor log, including the positioning of the lead actors, screen direction of their movement, movement, type of lens used, necessary action performed during the shot. No special knowledge is needed for this, just an attention to detail and availability to be on set. Hair and makeup. Hair and makeup artists will handle the makeup of the cast, continually overseeing makeup consistency throughout the film shoot, and be on set for touch-ups in between takes. Costume designer. We won't be making any costumes, but we will need someone to coordinate with the actors and production designers to select wardrobe for aesthetic and thematic cohesion. Set decorator and prop master. Set decorators are responsible for choosing the decorations and dressing for the set. The prop master is responsible for acquiring appropriate props, organizing them, and overseeing the usage of props on set. If you think you can help fill these positions or help the film in any other way, please contact me. Seriously, contact me. You may not know anything about film. No worries. We'll show you the ropes. If you just think it sounds like fun, contact me. Or if you have deep pockets or more money than cents and like the sound of executive producer, then definitely contact me. I already booked the actors. So, I might be in trouble, yo. And as usual, if you like what we're doing here, then like, subscribe, share, review, tell a friend, and I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture. Music